Do you want to start? Should we just start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I have I have good stuff. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. I do. I do. I have Maya. I have four good items. Positive. Yay. Interesting. Yay. Yes. No, I don't have any bad news to share. Here. <laughs> For once. Here comes our theme song. Then. All right. Uh oh. Why can't I get this right? Oh. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday, Sauce Nation. Happy Saturday, Sauce Nation. How's everyone doing out there today? Mar- it's Mar- going to be a hot one. Get your popsicles and your spray bottles. Uh, it's thick outside. You, when you said popsicles just now, I really want a bomb pop. So I'm going to say something very controversial here. What? I'm going to start off just going right in on the bomb pop. Okay. I don't understand the bomb pop. First I, of all, what? Why do you? So this is my theory about the bomb pop. Amy, we like par- people like the bomb pop because it's just the colors. Nope. It's cherry. It's blue raspberry, and it's lemonade. And you get all. I of don't think. Things. I don't think those flavors are all in there. Yes, they are. <laughs> really? Yes. I thought the whole thing just tastes like blue raspberry, and blue raspberry is overrated. And I think people like blue raspberry only. Because it's blue and it doesn't taste anything like raspberries. No, it doesn't taste anything like raspberries. But grape flavor doesn't taste anything like grapes. That's true. And watermelon doesn't taste... Watermelon gum tastes nothing like real watermelon. Oh my God. Just remember Bubblicious watermelon gum right Mm. now. Mmm. Mmm. So good. like big, huge wad in your mouth? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Yeah! (laughs) Get some of that going. So you don't enjoy a bomb pop, which I feel like they rebranded as like Patriot Pop or something like that. That's that's trash. That's denied. <laughs> okay, I guess I need to revisit the bomb pop. So I've I've been a let me just say this. As far as frozen novelties are concerned, yes. I have erred on the side of like the ice cream novelty. A teenage mutant ninja turtle with uh bubblegum eyes. No. That's my favorite. Okay. The SpongeBob one is my favorite for sure. The creamy, I'm more of the creamy person. Like whenever there's like the, uh, you know, popsicle to me, that's just like water. (laughs) It's just like ice. But then on the other hand, Mm -hmm. when you have the popsicle Mm -hmm. and it's starting to melt a little bit, Mm -hmm. then it gets pretty delicious. Fuck it. I'm going to buy some bomb pops. I think I might go directly to the store after this and get some. I haven't I haven't had one in a really long time. I think maybe the last time I was eh, I must have been I feel like it might have been from an actual ice cream truck, which you don't really see anymore. We have an ice cream truck in our neighborhood. I mean not in COVID times. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know why though. Like why? There's food trucks. Why can't we have ice cream trucks? 
I don't know. The novelties are wrapped. They're individually wrapped. Bring us back our novelties. Come on, give us something. Give us something. Throw us a bomb pop. (laughs) Bring some joy to our neighborhoods for crying out loud. (laughs) You know what I wrote down for my week? What? I worked and watched TV. That's it. Ooh. (laughs) Did you watch anything good? I did. Okay. I watched a documentary. You know when you accidentally start watching a document, like you're scrolling past and then PBS happens to have something on and you just happen to start watching it unintentionally? Mm-hmm. I did that this week. There is a documentary about there's a, a radical version of the brownies called the – What? Yes, called the Radical Monarchs. They learn about social justice and oh, you're kidding me fighting systemic racism i am not and they get merit badges for like marching in protests and uh meeting with congress people it's yes it's pretty amazing and all the curriculum is like talking about black lives matter and talking about um how to be an activist and oh my gosh that's amazing when did that start like recently yeah okay so they Everybody wants a chapter, but it's like any organization, a nonprofit, when you're getting it off the ground, like they, these women, it's two women in this documentary that started it. And they're like, we have no money. We're okay. doing this. We also have full-time jobs and okay. families. And we're trying to like start this nonprofit. We want, their goal is like, we want to be able to do this full-time and we want chapters all over the country. And people are like, we need a chapter. We We want a chapter. And they were originally called the Radical Brownies, but I think the Brownies put the... <laughs> the, the Radical Brownies. <laughs> I mean... It just doesn't have the same, you know, panache as... Right, right. And so... And also the Brownies probably were like, hey, 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 hey. We're, we're already the Brownies. We're getting our phone etiquette badges. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, 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 hold on here. <laughs> we're getting dumb badges for silly things that were important in the yeah. 50s. Anyway, so... Ah, I thought it was so cool, and it was great, and these kids. That is awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. So I highly That's recommend great. that. I don't know what it's called, but just Google Radical Monarchs documentary, and I'm sure it'll pop right up. That's awesome. There's nothing better than stumbling upon something, settling in, and enjoying it thoroughly. And giving it your full – you know when something gets your full attention yes. these days? It's special. Well, and the thing is, like, I don't know about you, but sometimes at the end of the day, I want to watch something, but it's like, you just don't feel like looking. There's so many choices, and you're just like, huh. Used to be network TV, you just flip it on and watch what the le- the best of the, you know, the best of the choices, right? Right. Now, it's just like, sometimes you don't want to make choices. Just like I say, less choices, please. <laughs> Which is good that I'm living in Trump's America, feeling that I want less choices. I guess that's great. I guess that's great for me. Less choices. You know what's funny is when the uh, 20, when was the election? 2016? I don't remember. Whenever it was, when everything went to shit. I thought, how long before the vans, the unmarked vans come to get us? They're here. They're here. It was only four years. We only had to wait four years for the unmarked vans. So awesome. Yeah. And they're in Portland and they're other places. Yeah. They're, it's so Great. funny how they couldn't mobilize to save people's lives, but the second they want to um, oppress, suppress, and do violence to people, they can get those people right out there. 
Get those fans out there. You got Throw so much in. money and resources for that. I'm going to give yeah, you. There's a- some very disturbing. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the video, but it's just downright disturbing. Okay, this is off topic, but I'm going to give you an on the spot animal report. <laughs> There is yes. a squirrel crouched over the manhole outside my house right now. I do not know what it's doing. It is Aww. very it is very odd. Is it stuck? Maybe do you see it? Fell in there. Or no, I don't it... see it. No, I'm asking Tyler. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm at my house. <laughs> I can't see the squirrel at your house from my house. Is it, am I wrong? Is that not a squirrel? Is it just a pile of trash? <laughs> I feel like it's moving. What is it doing? Okay, well, I'll give you an update if something... I'm very nervous because he's in the middle of the street. It's not a safe place. This isn't unusual, but I have a squirrel report also. Okay, go ahead. So a subset of the animal report now is squirrel report. Okay. (laughs) So we've been doing a lot of gardening, and unfortunately, we met a sweet little squirrel who had something wrong with his little, 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 little wig. Okay. And he seemed weird. There were flies on him. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's always a bad sign. That's always a bad sign. (laughs) If you're an animal and there's just flies, like, on you. Yeah. So (gasps) I was going to... No. Okay. A car went by and I thought something happened, but Tyler said he's okay. Okay, well... So this guy, this little girl, I should say, we think she's a girl. So she, something was wrong with her leg. So we got her some water and we put a little water dish by her, but she like kind of went into our rocks Mm. and she was kind of breathing fast. It was so sad. So then we went on a bike ride. We gave her water. We came back and I said, can you check on her, please? And my husband just had some bad news to share. Oh, no. That she had lost her battle. And then I had the idea, but he wasn't quite sure if she was dead. So then I said, well, we have the sprinkler going. I'm a nurse. So let's put her under there. If anything, the cold water can be soothing. The sound can be soothing and or the water will bring her back to life. What kind of sprinkler? Is it a? Yes, that one. Okay. So anyways, we left her out there for the overnights, went out the next day. Sad to see that she is no longer with us on this earth. However, the garden that we are working on, we just watched the Shit's Creek episode with Moira Ro- Moira's Rose's garden. Mm-hmm. So we named her Moira Rose. We buried her, and it's now Moira Rose's garden. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, so she's like, dedic- we're dedicating the garden to this little squirrel. That's, that's so cute. Good yeah, for you. That's- yeah, so that's all of squirrel report that I have. You're a better person than I. I would be like, uh, do we throw this in the garbage? What do we do with this? No, if you would have seen her, oh. you would have felt sad too. All right. I'll I'm see. sure of it. I like that you believe I'm a good person. Yeah, you are. Oh, thanks. I Can I tell you another thing that I watched this week and I texted you about this? Yes. Indian matchmaking. Maya, we we dove in. And? Love it. Okay, let me just say, preface it by saying there's some controversy right now because people are like, of course, like anything, Halloween candy, everything that's ever made, it's got a dark side. 
And basically, okay. it's people are like, it's colorist. It so I, we've talked about this before, but like in Indian culture, for some reason, well, colonialism, but light skinned people are preferred over darker skinned people. And yeah. they, they talk about being fair. Like, yeah. I, I want um, someone who's fair. Yeah. Um, and so that's problematic about it. And they don't really address well, that. Well, is it problematic or is it just... Well, it's showing how it is. Yeah. Like, we're showing... They're showing how it is. And, it, like, I'm sure so many people don't know that. Yeah. So I don't so know if it's so much problematic as, like, it's showing it how it is. And, like, maybe Indian people... Maybe some like darker Indian people for sure would be like happy for everyone else to know that. I don't know. I mean, it's a fascinating show. So for those of that have not watched it, Maya, give us a little synopsis of it. Okay. So I'm going to dive right in because I'm obsessed with this show on Netflix, Indian matchmaking. What it is is so matchmaking is still a thing. Like, arranged marriages are still a thing, but it's kind of a modern twist on that. So they followed mm-hmm. this matchmaker from Mumbai, Seema, Seema Auntie, yep. and she, what she does is she has a huge database of Indian people who want to meet other Indian people and get married. And basically, it's like you meet, and then, like, a week later, you get married. Some people, it goes on longer but it's not yeah. – I mean, they – so they – my favorite part is they do this When Harry Met Sally thing and when they cut to couples sitting on a couch and they've been married for like 45 years and they've had an arranged marriage. And they say the cutest things to each other and they're like, yeah, we met one day and then we were married the next day. And 45 years later, everything's great. And I was like, S- you know what's weird? It, what? It sounds easier and more reasonable than – dating apps yeah well this is the thing when people hear arranged marriage they get all freaked out Mm -hmm. but i agree with you maya like it's not that weird because if you think about it like think about where it came from right where like you have these families Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. and like you have these large families and it's like oh well i you know i'm in the singh family Mm -hmm. and you're in the kyra family and like we know all these like brothers and sisters, cousins, whatever. We all kind of grew up together. And then like, it makes sense that like, because family is so important as kind of what I was understanding watching it, we watched, I think three episodes. Yeah. Because family is so important. It is important to them. And and Sina says, you know, you're not marrying a person, you're marrying the family. Mm -hmm. And this is about family and it's about building your family going forward. Now let's be clear. These people aren't, forced to marry these no it's not that at all it's like this is this is like how many people do matchmaking or match.com or whatever what do you think that is that's they're taking your interests they're taking your desires and they're matching you it's the same idea and if you don't if you don't like the person she's like then move on like we'll, we'll find you a different person but my favorite thing is okay did you get to the part first of all i feel like i could be a matchmaker second of all did you get to the part where she consults the face reader? Yes. Okay, this is a job I want. Don't you? Th- I've been doing this job my whole life. This man. Maya, just, this guy was unbelievable. His job is to just look at people's faces and tell you what their personality is and what. I love this guy, and not only that, then it takes it a step further, and he said, "She says, do these two people work together?" Yes. 
And he's like, oh, no, that person is never. It's like, oh, my gosh, that is like he is amazing. And everything he said about the people was like spot on. I want to be a face reader. Can, it, we, can we get this job? Maya, I don't think you can get the job. I think it's one of those things that's just like in your like lineage or not. I'm sorry to tell you. I mean, you can certainly promote yourself as such and yeah. then kind of start a startup. I mean, I feel like sometimes I just look at people and I'm like, oh, no, you're terrible. I am extremely like I have a very good gift of of being able to figure people out. And part of that is being an empath, I think. But um, I have a really strong ability to like figure everyone out like a lot by looking at them. So, I mean, if you do decide to do it, I would be interested in like seeing if I could join. I think we should open part-time detective agency slash face reading business. Uh (laughs) I mean, of course that would succeed in this, in this uh, current climate. (laughs) I mean, come on. So yeah, that's a great show. Indian matchmaking. It's, um, I have to say the person on there that made me, I just want to make the announcement that she's going to be alone forever. And that's fine because I think that's what's needed is Aparna. Now, everybody's villainizing Aparna. But let me just say, she does make growth. And you know what I love about the matchmaker is that when she she wants to – she doesn't ever say to someone, you're being – troublesome or difficult or you need to change your whole personality. She's like, I have a life coach I'd like you to see. Or Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. So I love how she was like, well, so and then I'm not that far in. So um I'm only, like I said, a few episodes. So we've just kind of met these these people and I love the other woman. What's her name? The sweetest woman ever. The most beautiful, sweetest woman. The Guyanese woman. Oh yeah, she's so bubbly and just like she's so like such a good person. Like like she's so good that it's like I just want everything for her. She's the sweetest and so good and like that was another interesting thing that learning that she's got that ult- that additional challenge that she is Guyanese. Mm-hmm. So she comes from her family are Indian heritage, but yet she was raised and lived in Guy- Guy- Guyana. Yeah. And, and her the Indian people have there's another stigma there where it's like oh you're Guyanese it's like it's like almost another like derogatory thing yeah and I mean there's some I I think there's a lot of there's some Indian people that live in Kenya and I didn't know about Guyana I guess I wasn't like that wasn't on my radar but her family went there in like the 1800s so they've been there for a long time well and I thought it was so telling of how important these like lineages it are to Indian people when the matchmaker literally said when did your ancestors go there uh-huh like that was important to her she wanted to know that and it was like oh wow this is this is a tough crowd yeah so the whole thing is fun and also you get to see there's there's good like outfits oh yeah it's a beautiful show and yeah. it's it's um it's fascinating it's so interesting to see and hear about this type of matchmaking from a different perspective. It's, it's, um, I had a friend who she's a nurse practitioner now, but she, I remember she's married now, not to an Indian man, but you know, she was in her thirties single Mm -hmm. and comes from a traditional family. Her 
you know, everyone else was married and she, it was kind of interesting cause she was kind of going through that, um, you know, where she wanted an Indian partner, but like at this point in her life, she was kind of considered like an old maid or whatever. Right. right? Yeah. Cause she was like in her thirties and it was kind of like the matchmaker was like, Oh, like she almost was like, yeah, it's going to be really difficult. <laughs> like at one point, <laughs> because the woman was like in her thirties and like, the woman was like, oh, yeah, no, they want like, <laughs> and I thought it was interesting, too. They were like, even down to like the height thing. Yeah. And like, then when she said they can't be, they have to be taller than five, three. I. Which is interesting. I don't, I don't, I, do you know any more about where that comes from or. I don't, I mean, I guess I didn't know heightism was a thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if you have a boy, you don't want them to be 5'3". But, like, I've never heard it be, like, it was very, like, it was an important issue for everyone that they were someone taller. And then they'd say, oh, well, she's shorter than, she's very short. And it was like, what? I don't get it. <laughs> but then at the same time, this that woman was like, I'm very tall, I'm 5'9". And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I guess 5'9 is tall. But, I mean, it's tallish. I'm 5'8". Yeah. I feel tallish. There was a, a period of time where I wouldn't wear tall shoes because of one photo with my family where I was wearing platforms and I looked like I looked like Frankenstein towering over everyone. Oh, I, man. And I thought, maybe I shouldn't wear tall shoes. It just doesn't make for a good photo. Anywho. So, yes, obsessed with that. It's fun. It's a great show. Everybody should watch it. If you need something new, this is it. It's a summer Perfect summer watch, wouldn't you say, Maya? Yeah, and if you liked, like, Millionaire Matchmaker and you like... Oh, it reminds me of another documentary. So um, a guy... There's an actor, an Indian actor, and his first name is Ravi, and I can't remember his last name. But um, he was on Masters of None, None with um, um, Aziz Ansari, and he did a whole documentary about... He had been dating Western style. Yeah. And then he broke up with like a long long-term relationship broke up and he's like my mom's been wanting me to do matchmaking forever maybe I should just give it a shot and his sister was a filmmaker so they she filmed the whole thing and it's yeah so if you want to do a deeper dive don't know what it's called google it you guys can find it I don't know we can google it yeah that's cool I think that um it's just an interesting way and I don't I'm not gonna disparage anything where people have had success or whatever it's yeah. just that's not my that's not my jam so like I don't see I personally don't see anything different between this Indian matchmaking what I'm seeing on that show to anything different than like online dating I don't see any difference I think except for I do think it's better because it's more targeted you're sitting with a person she's actually experienced she's getting to know you mm-hmm. um and it's more thoughtful, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, I also love Maya how, again, with less choices, right? <laughs> I love how she's like, okay, I found these three people. Yeah. Here's their information. Which one do you want to start with? Yeah. You know, it's like, here's your choices. Again, you have three, not three million. <laughs> And just let's see what you think. You know? I mean, I haven't been single for a long time, but I do remember points where I'd just be like, I think I'm giving up on this. And, and internet dating wasn't even really a thing 
at that point. I mean, it kind of was starting, like match was starting. But people, I remember a woman I worked with, she was like, we just tell everybody we met in a bar because we're embarrassed that oh, we yeah. met. Like people used to hide that they... There was a big stigma, right? Yeah. And it'd be like, oh, she's with this guy. Yeah, they met online. <laughs> and it was like, oh. Um, they met online. Austin, would you get me some more coffee, please? But that's how get everybody meets now. And then like this much half and half. But then, so that, like, I remember that sort of, like, when you're single, there's just points of desperation where you're like, I will try anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I get that. I can't even honestly remember, but I get it, I guess. I just never been, like, boy crazy myself, and I had a different situation, I guess. I had, like, long-term kind of relationships a problematic one specifically, <laughs> but, um, but in the, the time when I was single after that, I did do like, I'm going to try this online thing. And I think I would last approximately <laughs> 30 hours before I'd be like, this is not for me. Like, it's just not for me. And even, even right now today, if something were to happen or I lived in an alternate universe where mm. I was single, mm-hmm. I just, that doesn't appeal to me. I understand everyone says you have to do it now, but I just don't believe that. You so. and I would just move in together. Oh, my gosh. Of course we would. <laughs> we have so many different ideas of what we would do. Like, are we going to do a farm? Yes. I think we're going to do a farm. Yeah, with an event barn. <sighs> Duh. And I guess we're going to be face readers and also have a detective agency. I, I like this alternate universe. It's a great one. We're going to have like animals, but not like high maintenance ones, really <laughs> cute ones. We're going to have chickens. We're going to we're going to have animals that give us something back. What's high ma- what's a high maintenance animal? Um I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Cows, Maya. Cows are a little high maintenance. Okay. Okay. Because they're so big, they eat so much. Yeah. We don't know how to milk things. No. So we're just going to skip that. We're going to do a co-op. We're going to, so we're going to definitely have chickens and eggs and a vegetable garden. Okay. We're going to have so many vegetable gardens. I still and feel like even though our, this, I feel like this might happen when we're retired. We, we should it just, will happen. We should just warn our husbands in advance. They're moving to a co-op. They'll be fine. They don't, they're <laughs> both like totally chill. They're, they'll be fine. I feel like Tyler could milk a cow. Tyler probably already knows how to milk a cow. <laughs> And we just don't know it. And like, if we ask him, he's like, oh, yeah, I've milked 100 cows. He's, he's shaking his head. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. But uh, well, my money's on him for learning. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll put a pin and my in husband, that. My husband can get us set up with solar. That's right. And he can get us set up with like all of the sustainable things that were because we're going to be sustainable. I've always wanted to have like a water wheel. Oh yeah, my husband can do all of this. He okay. already collects rainwater for us. I love it. This so is so we're great. good. We're I... going to have the best time in our farm. <laughs> Yay! Oh well, I have a good um, a good news concert music report. Oh good, because I have a. I have two things for music report, so you go first. We might have the same thing. Okay, we'll go. Does yours involve uh, A Club, Amy Klobuchar? No. Okay, this. But I do like this news. This, so go tell. Uh, I like this news too. So this week, I don't know if you remember when we were podcasting a few weeks back. I said I wrote Amy Klobuchar a 
strongly worded email about small music venues and how I would really like for her to do something about this, particularly First Avenue, because it's not closing on my watch. And And it worked. (laughs) Maya, your email worked. Tyler said it was my email. I think some other people. No, no, no. I think I'm convinced it was your email. (laughs) It's just too coincidental, but the timing works out. Well, I, I, if you want to give me credit for that, I feel good about it. She introduced a bill this week called Save Our Stages Bill, and it's going to create grants for small music venues. Um, And the bill even mentions, it gives a shout out to First Avenue and to Prince and talks about how these, it's important to keep these things alive. And they're, this is the smartest part, and I'm glad that they did this. They, unlike the PPP loan, um, they put provision in here. They're like, if you are a giant corporation that owns a venue, you don't get money. So Live, oh, Na- Live Nation owns the Fillmore. Yeah. They don't, that doesn't count. They can't have access to this money. It's for Perfect. S- small venues. So if Ticketmaster owns something, Live Nation, yes, listen, good. they're big enough that they can... They can handle their own stuff. And so the woman who owns First Avenue, she was the catalyst for this. She joined, she created an organization um, for small venues and joined with a bunch of people all over that own small venues all over the U.S. And they made this um, small venue organization association and then they hired a lobbyist also awesome yeah so shout out i think her name is dana thank goodness that we have people doing good things right yeah so i'm really excited about that i hope that it passes because it's just a bill right now and you know when you're a bill on capitol hill just a bill (laughs) i'm a bill on capitol hill It still has to go through the process, so let's keep our fingers crossed. And also, maybe everybody write a strongly worded email to your congressperson and your senator and say... This is just a great lesson that, you know, sending an email might seem like, yeah, right. It's worth it. Yeah. It takes like a couple minutes maybe out of your day, maybe longer if you want to be more thoughtful, but really it doesn't take long and it can make a real impact. Their information is all on the internet, so it's all online. Once again, Google it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll put a link to. That's great. Well, Music Report, I'd like to take um, a couple items from Music Report. So. All right. One thing I did this week, I had a really good week, but one thing that I did was I had a lot of fun and enjoyment diving back into Alanis Morissette. Yes. And I think, so Alanis is like part of our basically our blood because we were in the 90s in the prime yeah and then also i think that the um jagged little pill album really there was a like two songs right ironic and whatever else that they just played ad nauseum on the radio Mm -hmm. and then i think like my 20s came along maybe my late 20s and then i sort of like i just put a lot alanis you know in in my little like memories trunk Mm mm-hmm and just kind of, you know, explored some other things. And this week, I just had this Is everything idea. Okay? I, know, I don't know. Austin's giving, giving me a strange look. Um, I had this, like, idea that I wanted to check out Alanis again. And so 
I have just listened to her like at work and then on my long bike rides. And like, I just have to say that she's truly amazing. Yes. And one of the songs on her new album, um, it's called Why I Drink. Um, I love that song. Yeah. So what was so interesting about that song, I thought, was like, it was a departure from like her old stuff, but like in such an amazing way. So it starts out with like this piano thing. And then what I liked about it was it gave me like Pat Benatar vibes. Like I said about the other the other song, Diagnosis, that's on the same yes. situation. It has all the things I love about Alanis and none of yes. the things I don't like about Alanis. Exactly, Maya. And I hadn't really given it a good listen, like like a deep listen. You know, I've listened to I listened to a couple songs when you said she had a new album, mm-hmm. um, but like giving it a deep listen and then um, mixing it in with some of her older stuff. I just like. I'm just like so loving it. And I think like sometimes when you go back and rediscover something, you're Mm. just like so grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And like, and like you just remember, like it just, I don't know, it can just make your life like so rich to listen to these things. And I just had a blast with Alanis this week. And then kind of um, my husband, like he does this thing, um, which is pretty cool, but like he'll take an artist and then he listens to their entire catalog, like, at work. Wow. And then he moves on to the next one. And so he's done this with, he did it with Prince, like, right around the time Prince died. He took, that took him a while. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he does it with, like, several, he's done it with several artists, and he said Al- Alanis is on his his list. Um, but anyway, it's. I'm going to call that the Warren technique. Yes, and it's the Warren technique. I think it's I thorough. Yes, it's thorough. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, not leaving any stone unturned mm. and it allows him to make a very dis- decisive judgment on, you know, how he feels about it. I love it. So a- anyways, approved. Alanis. Yeah, Alanis. So good. And then, of course, I started going down another couple of bands. Well, the, this band I listened to the other night and I just forgot how good American Thighs by Veruca Salt is. Veruca Salt is amazing. Like, seriously amazing. And I had that CD and, like, I listen to it all the time, but, like, I haven't listened to it in probably over 20 years. And I listened to it and even the cover art, it was like, oh, my God, I so remember staring at this and just, like, the music. Veruca Salt album, that album is so killer. Like, it's just, remember when we saw them, Maya? Mm, when was this? We saw them at the Beastie Boys concert that was at the Target Center, I think it was. I don't remember them. Didn't being. we see the Beastie Boys at the Target Center? Yes. That's where, so we were on the floor, and then I think the show was either, oh, it wasn't started yet. That's what it was. And I might have been with Holly when we saw them. Maybe I wasn't with you. but I was we, at that show, though. You were at the show, but I mean, like, when we saw them. So... They were sitting in like the very first upper level row, right off the like stage left. Mm. And we were like walking around and we saw them and we said hello. And they were like, hi, they were so cute. Of course. Oh, I thought you meant saw them live. You- no, saw them. The, the girls, the they, two girls. They were just going to a Beastie Boys concert. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so Alanis Morissette, really good. 
And then something really cool happened. And I know you're not a Swifty, and that's okay. I still love you. But Taylor Swift, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. released an entire album that she wrote, recorded in quarantine. I am interested in this, and I've heard good things, and it's called Folklore, and I've heard it has a folk vibe, so I'm going to listen to it today. Okay, so I've listened to it three and a half times now. Oh, so sounds I'm like bragging. Pretty, well, no, I'm still pretty new on it, but I do have... Um, so one thing that's really interesting about Taylor, as you know, she is not a stranger or fa- fearful of switching genres, so she started out in the country genre. Mm-hmm found great success and Mm -hmm. then decided to transition to the pop genre where she found once again, great success. Well, this, so now she will have been an artist that's released in three categories because this album is released under the alternative category. Oh yeah. And it's really, um, it's produced by one of the guys in the national. I can't remember which one there's, it's it's one of the brothers with an a, I can't remember. But also Bonnie Bear um, sings on a song. Mm. She has him on a song. So it's kind of, if you know Bonnie Bear, like it's that sort of a vibe, this album. Do you remember when he won a Grammy? I like to watch Twitter when the Grammys and the Oscars and stuff are happening. And when he won a Grammy, someone I saw tweeted, who's Bonnie Bear? Oh, my God. Bye, guys. Have a great time. Marsh, do you want to say hi to Maya? Yeah. You got to come over here. Cute pants. Um, so, yeah. So, she, my mom's going to just make a hi. And you can. Um... Hi, Marsh. <laughs> Don't forget. Oh, look at it. Don't hi. forget your uh, ferns. I won't. You Can you send me a picture? Because I'm afraid to dig something up in your yard that I'm not supposed to. Don't worry. She's going to get her ferns? Yeah. Okay, sorry. We can you guys can cut that out later and post. Okay. But, um, Bye, Marsh. Anyways, have a great time. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so it's a great album. I think that it's um, she's just a great songwriter, and so it's it's um, it's a good listen. There's a it's people have said like, well, all, all the songs sound the same. That's one of the criticisms, but it's like. Yeah, it's a vibe. Like it's it's definitely like an album, and it's a vibe. And by the way. I, by the way, if you like a song, why wouldn't you want 12 other songs that sound... L- listen, we all just want 12 versions of the same song if, there, if there's a song that we like. Let's just well, be and also, Yeah, and also Taylor, she's always... One of her strengths is taking... She does a whole vibe. Like, she... Every single... She dives hard into her, like, albums and the themes and the aesthetic. She dives hard into it. I mean, her hair will be different. She... Mm-hmm. And it's not just like a superficial thing. Like it's kind of like a whole total vibe, like the art, everything. So like she just coming off of Lover, which was very like pastel and like Mm -hmm. Panic at the Disco guy was singing and like very like poppy. And now this is. I don't like Panic at the Disco. I love Panic at the Disco. (laughs) Um, I just love his voice. So I I don't like it. And so essentially it's a great, it's a great listen. I think um, there's a couple songs I really love on it. I think that you'll find it interesting and I'm excited to hear what you think, but I love a surprise album and you got to give her props for doing this all in isolation. 
Sounds good. I love it. I'll give it a um, listen. Maya, would you like to hear an update on the 90210 episode I was watching last night? <laughs> yeah, because you texted me. Is this the, the episode where you texted me and it's Kelly's mom in a bustier? And yeah. And like a tube top and she's in her drunken phase. Maya, I forgot about Kelly's mom's alcohol and cocaine problem. Me too. And then because it she... was so fun to see again. <laughs> <laughs> because she turns into a late 40s mom with a baby and marries David Silver's dad and just becomes super like a mom, like a mommy. Oh, m- I mom, forgot mom. about that. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know if I like that storyline. But anyway, she so, did. She had a yeah. cocaine booze phase. So this is the deal. So it was actually so weird because all of a sudden, now remember, I started 90210 from the beginning. The episode last night, all of a sudden, we've never seen Kelly's mom before. All of a sudden, the first the first scene of Kelly's mom yeah. is Kelly's mom by a pool in a bikini uh-huh. looking like a smoking hot babe with her little short 80s hair uh-huh. drinking drinks with her like drinking buddy mm-hmm. Irene or whatever her name is by their pool okay and it's like oh I forgot about this lady right and then so it turns out so in this episode <coughs> Kelly's mom I guess she had been some had some sobriety but anyway so she's drinking again Brenda keeps saying to to Kathy Walsh she keeps saying or what's her name Cindy Walsh I was like who's Kathy Walsh <laughs> I knew it was one of those names <laughs> Um, she keeps saying like things like, you know, Kelly's mom doesn't judge her. And then like (laughs) Kelly's mom wears, you know, like slutty things or, you know, she doesn't say that, but like, so she's like disparaging her own mom because she's like, has this whole thing. Right. Well, and Cindy Um, Walsh is like a Minnesota mom. Exactly. So Brenda has that little chip on her shoulder. Meanwhile, though, Kelly is kind of keeping the secret that no one really knows. Like Brenda's saying things like, you're so lucky. Your mom is so amazing. And then Kelly's like, it's not always amazing, Brenda. But then like, you don't know what that means until later in the episode. So there's that going on. And then the other thing that's happening in the storyline is an extremely problematic storyline involving David Silver (laughs) creepily videotaping girls like Kelly and saying things like, I want to get so close to so I can sniff her hair. (laughs) It's so creepy, Maya. It's so bad. And then he's like, what? he's like, I'm going to get in that dress. Like, it's just so bad. And he's like literally secretly taping Kelly. Like, that's a storyline. Gross. And he's calling it the, he's calling it like a digital yearbook or something. But it's like, no, you're just being a pervy perverson. <laughs> so that's disgusting. And then it all ends up in a good situation because... Brenda and her mom make up. They end up going to the mother-daughter fashion show after all. Oh, no. They both look beautiful. Andrea takes her glasses off and is just beautiful. Uh... Makeup and glasses. No one can even recognize her, Maya. (laughs) She's so beautiful. And then Kelly says, Andrea, I didn't know you were that pretty. So she looked... And then Andrea's like, thanks. She looked 40 instead of 45, is what you're saying. So I would say it was a good episode, and that show just never lets me down. It's always there, and it never lets me down. It's great summertime trash. It's like candy. Just consume it, and you're going to feel better. I guarantee it. Yes, exactly. Um, 
Well, I have one more. I do you, real quick. I watched yeah. some movie trailers this morning. Would you like to review a movie we've never seen? Always. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to give you the plot and then we'll discuss. Okay. It stars the incomparable Megan Fox. Mm. She's back. She's back. So hot. <laughs> Hottest girl alive. She is a mercenary for hire deep in the African jungle. She take leads a team with her AK-47. They're all heavily armed paramilitary okay. mercenaries. Okay. And they... Um, a senator's daughter has been abducted and is being held by some sort of warlord or mm-hmm. drug lord. Somebody, a bad guy. We're just going to say a bad guy. She then frees the senator's daughter, but mm-hmm. their extraction helicopter is blown up by the warlord's team with a, what's that called? You know, the big gun that you put on your shoulder? Like a bazooka. AK-47? No, like a bazooka. Bazooka flamethrower. <laughs> I don't know my rocket God. launcher. It was a rocket rocket launcher. launcher rocket launcher. Okay, so then the warlords team is chasing them through the drunk jungle, and it's you think it's a movie about them trying to escape from the warlord with the senator's daughter, and it's like a rescue movie. But once they're in the jungle, a rogue lion starts killing them one by one. <laughs> Wow. And I just want to let you know, if you can imagine the budget for what you think the budget is for this, then imagine that budget being applied to a CGI lion and then think about how awful that lion looks. If I took an Mm -hmm. online tutorial about Mm -hmm. creating CGI uh, special effects animals, I feel like if I just watched one video, I could do a better job of making this lion that's attacking them. So... Basically, she has to fight a warlord and a rogue lion. They're doing our girl dirty here. <laughs> okay, first of all, I have a, I have a follow-up question. Okay. Who is the star that's playing the senator's daughter? It's a child. Oh, okay. And then, is Machine Gun Kelly in this movie? That's a good question. Because they are dating and they met on a set of their movie. So I'm thinking this might be the movie. He might. I'm going to Google. You keep going I with need it. To know, yeah, I want to know like what he plays. I think like because. OK, so that's that's an important an important distinction. So first of all, they have done our girl Megan Fox dirty. Uh-huh. First of all, she had to be married to David Silver for all these years. <laughs> that's not cool. No. She was this beautiful young person, and she, David Silver, just like in 90210 episode I watched with his creepy movie camera, comes in in his 30s and, like, gets, you know, gets with her because she's so hot, right? And now she's single, but actually in love with Machine Gun Kelly. Okay. I don't know if you saw the move, the his video, Bloody Valentine. Do you know that song? Who's Machine Gun Kelly? Remember, I we've already talked about him on this show. Machine Gun Kelly played Tommy Lee in the Dirt documentary. Okay. We're going way back, Maya. We're going right. way back here. All right. And he's also a musician. And his newest song, Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. if you watch the video, she stars in it. Okay. And they're in love, hot lava love in real life. Okay. I'm going to read to you. This is the cast. Machine Gun Kelly is not in this movie. Oh, okay. So it's a different movie. Megan okay. Fox, Philip Winchester, huh. Callie Taylor, 
Jessica Sutton. <laughs> Not to be confused with Kelly Taylor. I know. That's what I thought of right away. Leanne Lien- Liebenberg. Brandon Arrett. Adam Deacon. So nobody okay. ever that you've ever heard of. Okay. What? So I guess this is a terrible, 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 terrible movie. Yeah. It seems like they. Why are they bringing in so many things? They're trying to make so many different kinds of movies in one movie. You got to You know what this lane. sounds like? This sounds like a bunch of 17 year old guys taking a bunch <laughs> of bong hits and then being like, yeah. And then. And then, and uh-huh, then, uh-huh, uh-huh. that's what this sounds like. Yep. The fact that this went beyond the bong hit room. Yep. yep. And the fact that when those stoned guys woke up the next day, <laughs> that they continued on with this idea. This is like every great idea you have when you're messed up, right? The next day, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? Exactly. So at what point did this seem like a good idea? Now, I'm assuming this is going right to right to stream, right? I mean, we don't have a theater to put it in. Correct. I'm guessing you are correct. But I am curious to see how bad it is. Like, I might. I was going to say, Maya, do you think, is it possible that this movie actually Uh goes the Sharknado route and becomes so bad that it's like treasure, a treasure? It's possible. It looks like it. Now, this lion, is he like pixelated? (laughs) Like, how bad is this lion? Can we. Can you explain this? Okay, well, first of all, it's a female lion because they explain that the female lions are the real killers. <laughs> yeah, good. And that um, the lion, something's wrong with its face, and I don't know if they explain why its face is strange looking and doesn't look like a regular lion. But, I mean, I'm trying to find a picture for you because it doesn't make any sense Maybe it, it had an accident or it got burned up, but it's it it is kind of pixelated. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna say this is a bad movie. I'm gonna say that obviously they have Megan Fox, so she's gonna be looking pretty hot with like her guns ablazing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever they put her in. Mm-hmm. She's gonna be like beautiful. Like that's great. She's yeah. beautiful in anything. Yeah. I'm just disappointed that this is you know. Where we're, where we're headed here, but I would say that this, I think we're going to, I think we're on the precipice of a Megan Fox uh, comeback. Totally. So I just Googled to find out what the movie that I'm talking about is. Yeah. It's called Midnight in the Switchgrass, which is a very cool title. It's probably a book. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> Maya shaking her head. No. Um, this is an upcoming upcoming crime thriller film directed by Randall Emmett in his directorial debut. It stars get ready for this cast, Maya. Okay. Now, this is something to talk about. It stars Emile Hirsch. Okay. Okay. Megan Fox. Okay. Bruce Willis. Hello. <laughs> Lucas Haas. Get ready for this one. Sistine Stallone. Do you know who that is? I'm guessing she is somehow related to uh, Sylvester Stallone. It's Sly's beautiful daughter. Good okay. job, man. Thank you. Colson Baker and Michael Beach. Now, this movie is the movie whereby this might be the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith because okay. we are going to get to see their relationship and their true, true chemistry on the screen with this film. <laughs> All right. So that I'm excited about. Is that something that I care about? Their true chemistry? I mean, yeah. 
You need to watch the Bloody Valentine video. Okay, can you see? Can you see? This is the lion. Oh, no. <laughs> he looks very weird. It doesn't look right. It looks it like... looks like a stuffed lion, and it doesn't look like a lion. His head looks like... He looks like a dog. <laughs> it looks like a pit bull. Here, Tyler, you... can you see that? He goes, that's not a lion. It looks like a pit bull. <laughs> so maybe it is a pit bull. So the lion's denied. That's denied. That movie's denied, Maya. Okay. Midnight in the Switchgrass, however, approved. All right. Well, um, I've got a couple. I have exactly two approved denieds. Lay it on me. Number one, my favorite pandemic beast, Martha Stewart, broke the internet with her amazing pool selfie. Where did this like, come from? Like, excuse me? She is 75 years old. I know. 75 years old. This woman is the true, true beast of the pandemic. She just made it look like... What in the world? Effortless. Everyone's like, what is this sexy picture? <laughs> sexy Martha. She's like... She's like, I'm just being myself by my pool. And I love how she explained it later. She's like, I was trying to take a picture of my um, landscaping behind me. And then I just thought the light was so nice. So I just, you know, I took a my camera for some reason, de- uh, like, defaulted to selfie mode. And I just, you know, I just took the selfie. I didn't think anything. And then I put it on the internet. And I didn't think anything of it. Just, like, so cash. So amazing. And even just, like, her makeup. She's got, like... Oh, yeah. It's and, it's sick. <laughs> and like in a good way. Sickening. She's amazing. I know. I'm going to say approved on this and I'm glad. Approved. I'm glad at 75 she can still break the internet with a pool selfie. Yeah. Could we all be so lucky? I know. 75. I'm, that's insane. I'm that's my that's my goals. Mm hmm. For sure. And then my last item, my last ad- uh, approved denied is uh Trader Joe's has decided to change. They have some foods that are cultural foods, like, uh, you know, some pot stickers and some, mm-hmm. some, maybe some taco mix. Mm-hmm. And the way they brand this, you know, I, when I used to walk through the tra- Trader Joe's, and by I used to, I mean, I haven't really been in a grocery store in a while, um, I would look at. I would see Trader Mings and I would be like, am I the only one that thinks that's kind of racially insensitive and kind of yep. weird? So for those of you that don't understand, they have literally Trader Jose. Ugh. It's like all their Mexican stuff. Then they have like tro- Trader Giotto for like their Italian stuff. Like it's too much. It's gone too far. Yeah. And I can't so- believe it's taken this long and I can't believe that idea even passed. I know they were like, we were trying to be inclusive. With our branding, and I was like, "What? No, yeah." So that's denied. I mean, I'm that's glad- good. And I have to say something about Trader Joe's, like their entire aesthetic. There are things I really like about it, and I like that they're unique. Mm-hmm. But like, I've always felt personally that they have like too much, too much, too much, too much, too much copy, too much trying to be clever, mm-hmm. too much stuff on their box. Like, you could sit there and read. Harrison agrees because he's read the dog treats box and he can't even read, but he knows it's too many words. Yeah, I know, Harrison. I agree. Like, honestly, I don't need a freaking story about my salsa. 
<laughs> like they, those people. Yeah, I know Harrison. Like I know you and me both would love to get that copywriting job. Like <laughs> they must spend those copywriters. Like they write so much Maya about every item. Have I know. You read all of this? No, I never read them because and I'm the like flyer. Have you looked at the fearless flyer? I avoided at all costs. It's literally like an entire page of copy about like a salsa. <laughs> I know, Harrison. It's ridiculous. You're right. <laughs> I know. I agree. I think it's ridiculous, too. God. I'm glad somebody understands what I'm saying, Harrison. But seriously. Yeah. I know. I know. It's like, why? Why? Right? Right. No, they don't have Trader. They don't have. No, they don't have Trader Fido. And you don't get to jump on this train of being feeling discriminated against. No, you're not discriminated against. I know you have black fur, but that's not the same. That's enough out of you, Harrison. We better go. He's getting out of hand. I know. All right. Well, it's good to see you. Approved that they're changing their names. Denied that they ever did it to begin with. Agreed. Um... So I don't know what next weekend looks like. I'm just waiting for the weather to be nice so that we can be on the deck together. That's going to be a big day. I know. Can you even believe it? I'm going to lose I mean, my mind. because no, we're not doing it yet for a while. But... <laughs> well, Amy, maybe next weekend we can be together again. I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. It looks like it's going to be in the high 80s and very sunny. So... Okay. There's not a lot we can do, but Harrison's really excited for you to come back. He says he I know, buddy. I miss you too, and I want to meet your sister. I hope everything's going well with him and his sister. It is. She's just looking at him now like he's nuts. She's just standing there going, "What's happening?" (laughs) Oh, cute. (laughs) She totally is. Maya's showing me her. She's literally looking around like, "What the what the heck." All right. Well, what did we learn this week? Um, we we learned that Harrison's really upset about Trader Joe's. Yeah. Who knew that that was going to be such a hot button topic for him? And uh, I think that we learned that if you write a sternly worded email, anything's possible. Yeah. You can make a difference. So go out and be amazing, everyone. And. And also, you know what? I listened to our last week's episode and I realized I haven't been saying, you know, thanks thanks for all the listeners continuing to listen with us. It's been a rough road here for the past few months. And you know what? We're just still working on it. We're still recording and we're here with you. I want everybody in Sauce Nation to just remember what we're going through now. Civilizations, they go through these things. Every once in a while, there's a generation that has to deal with something like this. Right, uh-huh. and every and it gets it gets real scary. It gets real freaky, and then things get better. And that's where we're headed. And that's for you, Sauce Nation, and for the world. I love it. High five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone, in Sauce Nation and Maya. In you too. Thanks. Bye, buddy. Bye.